What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect podcast show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is, well, it's, what is it, late Thursday, early Friday, uh, January 18th or January 19th. You pick either way. You guys are here listening to episode number 340, everybody. That's right, 10 shy of 350 TVEs. How the hell is everybody doing? I hope everybody is... uh, in good spirits, and good health, enjoying themselves. Uh, hope you got, all had a nice time in between shows. Um, and I got another great show for you guys today. Uh, a lot of stuff today. I will do your unacceptables today. Um, I will do my unacceptable today, which is so ridiculous and unacceptable. Um, I also will be talking about uh, shitty people. So I might get a little fired up. You guys know I'm always good for one of those, you know, once a month or so. Um, Just a lot of stuff to talk about, of course. Got some stuff in sports. Uh, We're going to have Super Bowl contenders uh, very soon. And uh, just a lot of stuff to talk about. So sit back, relax, wherever you may be, and get ready for TVE. Uh, It's a nice little slogan. Sit back, wherever you may be. Get ready for another TVE. Uh, This is 340, folks, and, um, you know, I'm going to get right into it here. I got pissed off, you know, I got pissed off, here's why, okay, um, I am new to Instagram now, guys, I'm new to Instagram, okay, and I'm trying to, you know, I I didn't want to be on Instagram, to be honest, because... I'm working up my Twitter, you know, I almost have the max people on Facebook or whatever, pretty much the 5,000 on Facebook, and then, you know, my Twitter is going well, I don't use it all the time, but, you know, now everyone's like, Paul, you gotta do Instagram, Instagram's getting big, Twitter doesn't matter anymore, and it's like, these things don't matter anymore, so whatever, I'm on Instagram, and, you know, some pictures, and then there's always, even worse, one thing I've noticed about Instagram, the dickheads and the assholes are worse than um, than than on Twitter, all right? Oh, everyone's got something to say, but here's the thing, okay? They want to get a rise out of you. Now, I was told by people, uh, big celebrities, okay? Much bigger, <laughs> much bigger than, than the level that I'm at. I was told by people going, look, Paul, now that you're going to start doing Instagram, don't go at people. You got to ignore people. You can't make these people think that you care. They're going to say things. You know, I had a buddy of mine who's a celebrity say people were saying he looked like this. People were saying awful things. But, you know, people, you know, people are brutal. People will tell you, oh, kill yourself, do all that stuff. And um, for some reason, if somebody doesn't know me and they say some shit like that to me, I get really pissed off. Um, I just, I, I, I don't like, you know, I don't like it. And I remember one time we were in Florida, I was drinking and me and Joe Bartnick put a picture up and people were going at me and Joe and I sat in the car and everybody's like, Verzi, why are you so quiet back there? And everyone's talking on the way back from, from this, uh, football game to, uh, to our hotel in Florida. And I literally went back to each and every one of the people going, fuck you, don't talk about my friend like that, fuck you. And they're all going, what are you doing, what are you doing? So, this happens 
and I will read you what happened because people are full of shit. They got nothing in their lives and they wish they were part of the things that they get involved with. Even when they're spitting, you know, venom at people, it's because they wish they were involved or they, they just, you know, they, they need something. They need really what they need is a fucking hug. Okay. It's, um, it was like that, that Sarah Silverman thing where she said something and, um, some guy said cunt and then she just broke him down and was like, dude, you know, I looked at your page, you seem like a good guy. And he's like, yeah, I'm going through a really hard time right now. It's just so ridiculous and sick, but this is what happened to me and I got pissed off. So, um, I talked about it a little bit on the Patreon. By the way, thanks to the Patreon subscribers. There is a, a picture on there now that people were, were talking about. There's a picture of Bill Burr and myself. Uh, and it Bill's making a funny face. And they got the NFL on Fox logo in the background. And it says some stuff about the podcast. But Bill was saying that the Saints were going to win. And uh, he was talking shit at the end of the game going, I can't wait to talk shit to Verzi. And then he saw what happened with the Vikings. He's going, no way. Holy shit, you got to be fucking kidding me. Holy fuck, no way, right? And um, there was just a funny picture somebody put up, like on like Photoshop me and him, or Photoshopped our heads on the um, on the announcers with Bill screaming. It's a really funny picture. Anyway, so um, I posted the picture on Instagram. And of course... 98% of the people loved it, had comments, said, oh my God, that podcast was so funny. So I just put on, I put on uh, listening to Burr's podcast where he saw the Vikings win is hilarious. This picture is appropriate, okay? Got a ton of likes, got almost like instantly like almost 20 comments and like 200 likes or whatever, like really quickly, right? So some guy, I'm not going to mention names or feeds or whatever, some guy goes... Uh, what did he say? I'm going to read what the guy said. And I could have easily said something. Um, yeah. So he comes at me. Now everybody's saying, dude, I called it. Podcast gold right there. The best. I'm glad he didn't change. Turn the TV off. Everything was great. Everything. All these po- all these positive um, things. You know, I got, I was so hoping he was going to text you. Blah, blah, blah. I'm going to listen right now based on this post. All kinds of great positive things and likes. And then this guy says to me after I post that, is this all you bring to the table? Do something funny or fuck off clown. Now, that is in between so many positive things and nice. And I'm looking at the picture. And it's like a guy with his son. And I'm going, this doesn't seem right. This doesn't add up. It doesn't seem like a guy like this would say something. Now, I easily was told, I was told to leave it alone. Don't say anything if you're going to, you can't fight all these battles. All right. And that's why I don't understand how Trump is doing this shit. Because Trump is fighting everybody. You just can't do it. But I couldn't handle it. I didn't like it. So I said, um, I replied to that as th- with this. I said, fuck off and don't tell me what to do. Hashtag dickhead. And then they come right back at me going... Just kidding. Just wanted to see if you would respond. That's all these fucking people do. Instead of being a cool... I'll respond. You know what I respond to? I respond to positive shit much better. Somebody says, dude, I love what you do, man. Keep going. Can't wait. I'm like, oh, man, this guy, I want this guy to support me. 
And I want this guy to be a fan forever because I appreciate it so much that I'm going to do everything I can to not let down the fans that support me. That's when I'll respond. You know, hey, thanks, or I'll like a nice comment. But if you're just going to be a dickhead to try to do that, it's like, fuck you, man. Seriously, like I like that. That's just so ridiculous. Like you got nothing else going on in your life that you got to go after comedians, and then when they fucking comedians that you apparently like or listen to, and then when they call you out on, just kidding, dude. Just wanted to see really like your stuff. And it's the same thing when that guy called Sarah Silverman a cunt. She made him like they ended up talking back and forth. You could see the whole thing on Twitter. You could Google it. And he's like, yeah, having a really hard time. Thanks. You're actually, how do you know me like this? I really appreciate it. She just broke this bitch down. Like into like, you're an insecure little fucking girl who needs a hug. You need to get your life together. I believe in you more than the shit you're doing. What are you doing? And and like basically they admitted that she was right. You know, it's it's just so, so um, I'm not saying I'm going to go with everybody, but like it's kind of sad what a lot of people, a lot of people are, and a lot of people do, and a lot of people think, you know, and I'm sure there's some haters that, that listen to the podcast sometimes, or, or want to say something that hates, because that, you know, they think that that's how you get through, it really is, you know what it's like, it's like a bully who is just not happy at home, you know, dad or mom doesn't give a fuck about them, you know, they're just whatever, they're not being paid attention to properly, so they act out and take it out on somebody else that they think is well-rounded, because they want to hurt them, you know, that's why if people try to bully my kids, I'm going to fuck a kid up and go to jail. I'm, I will fuck a kid up. I will, I will put fear into a kid. I'm not even kidding. My children are, will be safe because the people will at least know that, you know, this guy's father's going to come after you. And then when he gets out of jail, he's going to fucking haunt you and your family forever. You know, just know that about me. You know, that that's where I'm at. Like, I'm not... I'm not going to have my kids feel secure and feel good and understand how much their parents love them and shit to have some fucking little shithead, dick-faced kid go after my children, okay? And try to make my children feel bad because their mother, you know, is sucking dick at her lunch break at working at CVS and the father is a, an electrician who's an alcoholic who goes to a bar all the time and they don't give a fuck about the kids. That's not going to happen to me, okay? Just know that shit. One of my favorite stories of all time, I talked about this on a podcast so many episodes ago, maybe over 200 episodes ago, more than that, was the father in Florida whose daughter was a little disabled or something, and they made fun of her, and he got on the bus screaming, and then he was ended up being on like Oprah or something, and everybody went nuts for him, and nobody messed with his daughter again. It's one of the greatest stories ever. The guy didn't give a fuck. You're not going to talk to his little girl like that, and I, I love stuff like that. You know what I mean? So... um, that's what these people who do the Instagram and the Twitter and the Facebook and they want to get a rise. They got nothing real in their life that makes them happy, you know. And the sad thing is some of them actually do. They just don't see it. They got families and they got this. But instead, they're concerned with what a comedian's putting on social media and they want to get a rise out of them. And I call a motherfucker out on it and I will. Like, don't, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to. Now what I'm going to do is I'm just going to delete the person and not not really respond. But I just wanted to make it a point that some of you, if any of you are listening to this, and because I know I have listeners all over the world, and I know that you guys love stand-up, and I know that you wouldn't be listening to me if you didn't like stand-up comedy or, or myself and, 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 and you know my, some of my peers. But just know this. When you see something 
and you don't really know the guy or or woman, and you are like, I'm going to say this, because this will get under their skin, and maybe I'll get a reaction. If you want to get a reaction, okay, say something positive. Say something that that is that that will lift up the artist or the person that you're trying to get a respond from, so to speak. Because I guarantee you, if you do that, you know, I've had people, I've had fans come at me and go, hey, dude, I loved your album and that one bit. I had somebody write me a note. I had somebody write me a, no- a letter saying that my OCD joke helped them get through, like helped them. And I was the first comedian to talk about a, a, a disorder like that that made them feel like it was okay and that they weren't weird and thank you so much and everything like that. And I wrote the person back and I told the person, hey man, keep going. I've been dealing with that shit since I'm in the third grade. It made me feel less of a person. You're not less of a person. And now this person's a fan and people come out to see me because of that. Don't go at me going like, yeah, nice shirt, dickhead. Did you fuck, is this all? Yeah, you're fuck. you know, saying shit like that. Yeah, you fucking clowns need to make us laugh more. It's like, dude, what do you do? What do you do? You fucking nobody. What do you do? Oh, I'm fired up, guys. I mean, I didn't even get into the sponsors yet. That's how fired up. I'm just, I'm fucking pissed. I'm tired of nobodies. I'm tired of nobody people that aren't secure enough with themselves, so they got to go at somebody who's actually fucking doing something with their life, actually living their dream, actually creating things and making people happy, and then they got to say something. Fuck you, you nobody. Why don't you start your own podcast? You know, why don't you go on stage and tell jokes and make people laugh? And go do that shit for 17, 18 years like I've been doing, building up a fan base, okay, putting out an album, filming a special. Going, you know, going all over the place, leaving my family, staying in some fucking hotel room in Canada, in Cleveland, in Phoenix, in Florida, you know, in Vegas, in Los Angeles, you know, to make these strangers laugh, to start to build something. And I need to put a cool thing on t- on, on one of these social media things and hear your dumb fucking insecure ass say something. I just wanted to get a response. Ha ha ha. You fucking dope. Fly off a cliff in your car. And live through it, but be really fucked up. Hope your head bangs on top of the steering wheel. You have an indent in the top of your skull for the rest of your life. And you could always remember, you know, that you're a dickhead. Fucking, I swear to God. It's the worst. That's why I loved doing Bobby Kelly's podcast once where some people were on trying to say stupid jokes. And Bobby just goes, fuck you and your stupid open mic jokes, you nobody. Stop trying to be a part of it. I'm not even going to listen to it. I'm not even going to say the guy's name. It was awesome. It was awesome. You know, Michael Che, uh, Michael Che on SNL, and uh, Michael and I are cool. You know, I see him out in the scene sometimes. I've always been friendly with Michael, and, and he's wild on Facebook, and I totally understand why. He did this thing on Facebook where he was like, look, if you say anything negative or against what I say, even if it's remotely against it, you're just blocked. Goodbye. I'll never deal with you again. And at first it's like, oh, why? You can't take any credit. No, but he's right. He's right because the people that go on there and do it don't care really. They just want to be a part. Like they just want to try to be a part of it or get a rise. It's like, goodbye. Done. Done. Um... All right, guys, let's get into the sponsor. We got a full show. As you guys know, 340, I'm a little fired up. By the way, guys, I know um, there's been a lot of scheduling issues with myself and some of the guests that I'm trying to get on. 
All right. Um, I'm actually going to be down at the stand tonight doing three shows. And um, I'm going to get another Patreon with one or two other interviews, which should be posted up. I did an extra 20-minute Patreon and put the picture up yesterday. But there's going to be another really um, another interview on there, too. And I am planning to get people on the regular show. But it's just it's been with the weather and the snow here in New York. Uh, kids had off. Uh, kids had off the other day because it snowed all day uh, the day before yesterday. And um, just with scheduling, it's been tough. So... Um, but there, there's going to be guests on, on this show as well and more interviews on the, um, on the Patreon. Um, all right. Yeah, I'm fired up. I'm fired up. And this is going to be one where if you like the ones where, uh, I get a little testy and I get a little angry, then, um, you know, I think you're going to like episode 340. I just, these fucks, you know? All right. Let's get into the, uh, let's get into the. Let's get into the uh, sponsors before we uh, keep moving forward with this. Um, the Verzi Effect podcast, everybody. This is so weird. This is so weird. I'm having a hard time. All of the times I could load it through this basic thing, but I can't. It's so weird that I can't. Uh, it, it's not going to my regular mail, so I got to get it at another like format or something because it's just, you know, like when it loads, but then it just stops. It's weird. Um, well, let's get into it, though, guys. You guys know. You guys know. Oh, by the way. By the way, during this podcast, okay, you are going to hear my dog whimpering, crying, and barking out of nowhere more than he's ever done before. I'm surprised we're like 15 minutes into this. They're like a quarter, over a quarter into this episode, and we have not heard it yet. Um, there is something going on. I will tell you guys right after I get through these sponsors and, uh, talk about this amazing product and these amazing people that are helping the show. And, uh, looks like we're going to be getting some more sponsors, uh, coming up soon. Um, but you'll hear about that when that happens. Let's get into this, uh, right now, guys, the Verzi Effect podcast is sponsored by the one and only Chassis, Chassis for Men Premium Body Powder. Okay, it is a uh, powder for your man parts downstairs. That's right, man care for down there. Uh, Chassis has a special HydroShield technology, everybody, which, oh man, does it work. It's uh, all-day dry protection against sweat, chafing, and odor. That's right. If you ever uh, put on powder uh, on your balls, you have to put on this powder because you will never go back to another powder. Your balls will be... Uh, drier than they've ever been. There will be no chafing. Your balls will be fresher than they've ever been. Um, the dryness is almost, it's so ridiculously dry that like, um, athletes use this, right? Athletes use this, uh, Fred McGriff, all the, like, you know, he's, we did a podcast about it, talking about it. I was playing ball in like 95 degree weather. The rest of my body was pouring sweat and my balls were as dry as a fucking towel hanging in a hotel before it was used. I mean, my balls were pristine. Um, it makes you want to just pull your dick out in the summer. Like, that's how... Um, I probably don't know if I should say that, but that's how I felt. Uh, what's in it? Is there anything bad in it? Glad you asked. No talc, no aluminum, no power, uh, uh, parabens, no no um, menthol, nothing. It is just a fine, amazing powder, 
Okay, one bottle goes a long way up to uh, three or four months, and uh, you will love it. They also have another line of products coming out. They have another product coming out. They have their Extreme Cream product, which I have, which is great. They have their uh, shower primer, which is amazing. So check out Chassis for Men. This, uh, this product is exploding all over the place. People are buying it left and right, and it's going to really, really be um, huge, huge, huge product. Um, it, it's already getting there now. And um, I, I'm going to do, yeah, that's the thing too. I'm going to do a content. I have a bot. I have extra bottles. I'm going to send somebody a bottle. We're going to do something with that. Um, but if you want this product, go to chassisformen.com or get it on Amazon. Okay. It's an amazing product. How do you spell chassis? It's C-H-A-S-S-I-S. As I said, you know, their slogan is uh, man care for down there. But I also added my own little TVE slogan saying the ball game is over with this product. Literally, it's over. It is a joke. Get this amazing product. Chassis for men, everybody. Okay. Now, if you have uh, issues with your dog, I want you to go and check out another um, amazing, uh, I guess you could say, option, amazing trainer, amazing alternative to the accepting shittiness that your dog may be right now (laughs) is City Living Dog and Coach Mike. Check them out. I know them personally. Good people. Great trainer. Okay. Um, Understands dog like I've never seen. And uh, he has helped uh, Verzi Effect listeners in the past. And he will continue to do so. Check him out. Check out his Facebook Live. Check out his YouTube channels. Check out his Twitter. All of the all of the social media. You just go and you Google City Living Dog and Coach Mike and you will see what they do. And please tell them the Verzi Effect sent you. And guys... The amazing All Things Comedy Network. They're putting out TV shows now. They got cooking shows. Okay? They have a a show with comedians playing poker. They have uh, comedy albums. All of your favorite comedy podcasts, including mine. Um, And uh, they do albums. And they they did my special. They produced my special. And everybody who saw the special, guys. Everybody. um, Which we're, you know being patient with, but, but there's a bunch of things happening right now, but everybody who saw it says it's one of when you see it, you're going to be like, Oh my God, this looks, it looks, it's amazing what they did. And I'm really thankful that they're in my corner and they're amazing producers. And we're really excited about what the near future has in store. So go to allthingscomedy.com and follow them on Twitter at allthingscomedy. And if you or your company or your website, your product, anything that you have, if you would like me to speak about it on the Verzi effect, Okay, we are worldwide here. Okay, so if you're selling a product, if whatever, and you want me to talk about it, uh, please hit me up. You could email me at uh, unacceptablesfortve at gmail.com, the same place you would submit your unacceptables to, or you can reach out to my representation, which is on my website contact page. Okay, you can reach out uh, to my to my representation and they will let me know and we can move on from there. Of course, I'm not going to be that person who uh, doesn't talk to you personally and says, oh, talk to my people and I'll shout it out. No, I'd love to talk about it because the one thing about this show is um, I won't talk about a product that I don't believe in. Okay, I saw City Living Dog um, work. I know the people that are involved in City Living Dog. I've had Verzi Effect listeners tell me that Coach Mike has helped their dog, all right, and uh, Coach Mike was in my house with our boy Lloyd and worked with him, and I saw what he can do, so I believe in it, and I know it, 
Um, and I know them. I, I know the, the family. I know that they're good people. Uh, also, Chassis, other great people. You know, it's not just a product. I went down to Florida. I met these people. I talked to them. You know, my balls are dry. I, wor- I, I use this product every day I get out of the shower. So this is all real shit. This isn't just me saying it because I'm working with them and they're supporting my show. No, this is something good. Um, and, and of course, all things comedy. Of course, they did my album. They do my podcast. So everything that, um, that I am a part of on my show, I'm kind of, I believe in and I'm close to. And I have, you know, access to speaking to these people constantly. And, and we're, you know, and, and, and I would like to think that we're all friends. And that's, that's what I like to do. So if you have something you think is a good fit for here, you know, I've had people reach out and say that they had a sports website or something like that. Or, you know, if there's something that you think is that I would be, you know, that's in the wheelhouse of the Verzi effect, hit me up. Let's make money together. You know, let's, uh, let's build, let's build your product. Okay. So there you have it. Um, let's get angry again. Thank you guys. All right. This is, uh, this is the problem going on in the house. I told you guys about the cat, the cat outside. And uh, I was debating if I should let my dog kill a cat. Here's the problem now. The other cat's back. I'm not even making this up. This is like a soap opera. This is like a saga. All right. This is like the godfather of cats and dogs in my fucking house right now. All right. It's driving my wife absolutely nuts. Driving my wife wild. I can't handle this shit. I really can't because it, it's it's nuts. So I'll paint a picture for you people and for you new listeners. This is what's going on. We have two cats, Stanley and Thomas. You're going to hear all about this shit in the special. And we have our dog Lloyd. Okay? Now, there was an internal war in the house between Stanley, Thomas, and Lloyd. We had two cats in here for 12 years and then we bring this fucking wolf in the house and it changes the dynamic 100%. All right, so we had to work through that, but now we're a couple years in and things are starting to, you know, listen, they have a hard time dealing with each other. Lloyd can't handle watching a cat walk by, but they're getting better. Now, there was a red cat next door. Try to follow the saga. There was a red cat next door. He used to come to the window and make my cats freak out. They'd fight outside, but the cat would come into the window, look in our living room, see our cats in the living room. Our cats would run up. They'd be hissing through the glass, smacking the glass, going nuts. We bring Lloyd in. Lloyd can't handle this shit. Now we got this big wolf barking, so we got cats hissing, barking. Now, the red cat disappears. We don't see the red cat forever. I don't know if the red cat's dead. The red cat doesn't come around. However, they got another cat, the black cat. This motherfucker is the instigator. He walks slowly and struts in front of the dog while the dog's out on the runner just saying, Hey, I'm here now, bitch. I know this is your house, but look who's pissing in your house. So my dog is ready to, my dog's ready to freak out. Now the cats are freaking out about this dog. So out of nowhere, we'll be sitting down on the couch and Lloyd will just jump up. Going nuts. Cats hissing. Something happened yesterday where Stanley was hissing at the cat. Then the black cat was outside hissing and lunged at the glass. Stanley lunged at the glass. And then Thomas, I mean, and then Lloyd, the dog, and Stanley were together against the black cat. So it kind of brought some unity towards the house. Okay? So they, they, they kind of brought him together a little bit. But then if Lloyd gets too nuts, Stanley will just slap him in the face. But here's the problem, guys. Here's what we're dealing with. Now we got the red cat back. 
and the black cat. And our animals are in the house because it's freezing outside. So these motherfuckers, okay, these instigating hairy bitches are outside looking in my window while I'm trying to relax with my family. My animals are starting to calm down. And they, so I told my wife, I said, I, sh- I don't know what to do. Now, I love my neighbor, Tom. I love them. And I think it's their cats. I mean, I'll ask them. I know the red one is their cats. But the thing is now together. Usually it was one or the other. Now it's like the black cat and the red cat are like, all right, you go around front. You know, I'll go around back. We'll have these fucking plates going nuts. It's like the part of their day is fucking with my animals. I like my neighbor. I can't have my neighbor. You know, I said to somebody, literally, I was like, dude, should I have my dog just go out and be a dog? And they're like, no, you don't want to do that. And I love my neighbor, Tom. My neighbor, Tom, plows my driveway. You know, my neighbor, Tom, is amazing. When there's like a foot of snow on my driveway and we have a really long driveway, he comes with his four-wheeler, he does it, you know, I'll give him a bottle of wine, thank him, they love doing it, I'm not gonna have him walk over with the dead carcass of his fucking black or red cat going, yeah, this is what, you know, compliments of Lloyd, now keep the other one, I can't do that, you know, if I didn't like Tom, if it was the neighbor that threatened to shoot me, then I'd fucking put both dead cats in a bag and hang them on the thing, you know, but I can't do that, so I'm, I'm, in, a, I'm in a rough spot here, you know, I'm running outside, make shooing the cats away. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. So that's what's going on here. It's amazing that during this podcast, you didn't hear it barking. Oh, there you go. Look at that. Yeah, see? You guys will hear it firsthand right now. He's weeping. He's growling. Yeah, he senses it because they're outside. They're outside just pacing that. They're just going around. It's almost like they're on patrol going like, all right, you fuck with them today. You know, it's, it's almost like they got a whole fucking system going on over there. It's driving us nuts. All right, let's do my unacceptable, and then I will do your guys' unacceptables. I know we haven't did, you know, some unacceptables. Let's see where we are at time here. Oh, wow, all right, we're halfway through the show. Okay, good. No, this is good. This is good. All right, here is my unacceptable, guys. I did the dumbest thing ever. I mean, it was it's so dumb what I did that I don't even know... No, now you got to be kidding me. Now I can, this is not now this email's not letting me get into it. I, I I mean what the fuck? Can somebody explain to me why when you go to your email it just says loading and it goes three quarters of the way there and then just stops, and then it says you could load it the basic way, for slow connection. What does that even mean? I don't want slow connection. I got to restart this thing. This is bullshit. Oh no, I can't. If I restart it, then I'll lose the show. Oh, my God. All right. Anyway, here's my unacceptable. I'm going to try to figure this out. I'll figure this out while I'm doing the show. You guys heard my um, my uh, football picks, correct? You guys heard my football picks. And um, my football picks were, uh, I believe I said a tease with Jacksonville and... Um, what did I do? Jacksonville and maybe the Patriots or whatever. So, stupid me has a change of heart. And I went against what I was passionate about. I put $50 on the fucking Titans. And lost. Now, granted, the week before. The week before, I put, you know, like 150 bucks and one. So, I'm up. But I put 50 on Tennessee getting the points. And then, like a dick... I teased 
the Jaguars the other way and took the Steelers minus one, which is against what I said on my podcast. And I lost that bet. So essentially what I did was I come on the show. I tell you guys my football picks. I make my predictions. I tell you what I think is going to happen. I even tell you the bets I'm going to do adamantly. And then I go against myself just because of a... Just I changed my... And I lost. Absolutely unacceptable. One of the dumbest things that I could have done. Okay? And I deserve to lose the money. Who does that? Who who goes, yeah, this is what's going to happen, and I love this bet, and I would take this, and this is my prediction for the week. Oh, by the way, it's it's I, I changed my mind. I'm not doing it. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. So, shame on me. Shame on me. Absolutely unacceptable to lose money going against my predictions. I have no idea why I did it. I'm literally going, why am I, why am I? Because I think last minute I was like, well, you know what? I could tease it the other way. The Steelers aren't going to lose at home to the Jags. So they'll win by, so it really wasn't that nuts because I did say take the Jags with the points. But then I was like, oh, the Steelers are going to win by one. Let me just do that instead. Should have stuck with my original thing. And I lost because of it. Unacceptable. Let that be a lesson to you all. Okay? Go with your gut. Stick with your gut. Don't change. Let's get to your guys' unacceptables. How about that? We got, uh, what do we got? We got one from Jim. We got one from Gary. We got one from, who else do we got? Ryan. We got one from, uh, well, you know what? I'll get through these. We got some time. We'll get through some of these here. Okay, here we go. This is um, unacceptable Uh, from Gary. Unacceptables on the train. Good morning, Pauly Prissy Pants. I love the show. I don't know what that means, but I love the show. Continue success to you. I have two quick unacceptables. First, sitting on the train commuting to work with my earphones on and still being able to hear the full conversation of two people sitting halfway down the train. Shut the fuck up. No one wants to hear about your stupid weekend. Secondly, on same train, this teenage thug-looking kid listening to his music on full blast through the speaker on his phone uh, for all to hear. Learn some respect and shut it off or use the earphones that came with the phone. Damn, I feel like an old man yelling, get off my lawn. (laughs) Thanks. I hear you. And you know the funny thing is, Gary, the older we get, the more we realize that not only are those people young punks with no respect— that we were also those young punks with no respect. I remember one time I was sitting in a restaurant when I was a little kid. Uh, I was probably in like sixth grade, maybe sixth or seventh grade. And I was just sitting in an Italian restaurant. And like I got up and did a cartwheel in the middle of the restaurant to, to be funny. And my friends were laughing. You know, it's that stupid stuff. You take a French fry with ketchup, throw it against the window and like race it. Like Just stupid stuff. And one guy goes, you're in a, you're in a restaurant, young man. Why don't you have respect? And looking back, that guy was 100% right. And the me now would love to go to the me then and go, stop trying to fucking get a laugh and be accepted from your friend's dickhead and have a little respect. Uh, yeah, so I feel old too. Thanks for the submission. Let's see here. Uh, this one. Was this? Oh, that's so funny. Was this the suck? Yes, I wanted to. <laughs> 
Yeah. So Gary also wrote me grown ass woman. And he sent me a picture of a woman on a train. I believe it's a train. And it says, uh, yeah, thanks for the weekly podcast. Uh, uh, always enjoy it. Can't wait for um, the next special. Here's my unacceptable. And I can't believe the picture. He sent me a picture seeing a grown-ass woman straight sucking her thumb on public transit. Unacceptable. Um, yes. Hope you and the family are having a um, prosperous and happy new year. Well, thank you, Gary. Yeah. This woman is easily, okay? I'm not even kidding, guys. This woman is easily in her 40s. Maybe, th- I mean, I, it would be generous saying 35, 36. I'm looking at like 41, 42, 43. Straight up sucking her thumb like my daughter, like my five-year-old daughter does. Absolutely unacceptable. You can't be sucking. Actually, out of all the unacceptables I've ever had on this show, 340 episodes, all the all the unacceptables. I've never had one of a. I've never had one of a straight up adult sucking his thumb or her thumb ever. So thank you for that. Uh, here we go. This is a. Oh, is this one another? Okay, this one is from Jim, and Jim says, uh, "Competition unacceptable." Hi, Paul. This is Jim uh, from the from the ass egg. Ass, Egg, and Snake Rodeo competitions. In honor of the new Star Wars movie, we had decided to wage uh, epic lightsaber battles in the dark. Long story short, we all stand around and make animal noises with our uh, pants shown in order to get hard. All right, you got to be... This is not real. Um, There's no way, dude. You're just... This is... I don't even know if you deserve me to read this, but I'll finish it. We then put on glow-in-the-dark condoms and spin around. All right, I'm not reading this. This is ridiculous. This is, I'm not. Sorry, dude. You got, you got the, you know, at first I was like, all right, these guys do some fraternity brothers type shit, you know, but the whole, you know, you get, it's getting a little crazy, buddy. You got to calm down. Yeah, then we all put on condoms that were glowing. We sucked each other's dicks. And whoever came first in the condom lost and had to buy us dinner at the diner. It's like, look, I'm not, I'm, <laughs> you know, fool me once, shame on me. All right. Uh, here we go. Let's see here. Uh, half asleep supermarket workers. Oh, boy. My local stop and shop is Great Supermarket. Uh, uh, local stop and shop is a great, uh, great supermarket f- uh, for the most part. My only gripe is with the zombie-like uh, uh, asleep-at-the-wheel dopes who work as the self-pay attendants. It's, okay, um, it's not all of them, but it's some. Unless I'm in a shitty mood, I always make eye contact with them as I leave and just nod or say, have a nice day. To me, that's just common sense acknowledgement of my fellow human beings. I'd hate to be one of those people who uh, just scurries out with their heads down like a um, slob. Uh, I'm sorry, schlub, like a schlub. 
the self-pay area is situated so you have to walk directly past the attendant to leave. As I walk past this four-eyed Dumbo, I might, <laughs> I might, I might as well have had uh, an invisible cloak on. She acted like I wasn't there and snubbed my offering of eye contact and a smile uh, way too focused on the Oreos and Diet Snapple she had. Eat that shit on your break. Like I said, I always acknowledge these people unless I'm in a bad mood. Thing is, I don't have to because I'm a customer. You're at work and your only job is to stand there and wait till somebody has an issue checking out. Fake a smile, bitch, or go stock shelves. <laughs> I get it. I I actually get it. It's those little things. It really is the little things, and that just reminded me, uh, me and Giannis were in a diner the other night, and he said he gets always a little tense when I'm about to order, and I started laughing. I'm like, why? The, my friends think I'm hard on waiters and stuff, and I'm really, really not. I just like things a certain way. Like if I'm if if you hand me a salad or pasta and I don't have silverware for two minutes, I get annoyed. I'm sorry, I just do, you know. I, um, but he said something to me. He goes, you know, he goes, I never seen somebody who knows specifically exactly what they want, and the little things who and the little things make you happy. And it's true. That's exactly how I feel, and it's a hundred percent true. Um, so I totally understand what you're saying. You go out of your way to look at these fucking half asleep people, you know, eating and shit, you know, eating Doritos or eating Oreos and, you know, and you're just like, Hey man, have a nice day. I know it's tough, whatever. And, uh, you feel like that, you know, it's not that, you know, them not being happy is not something that you should deal with. And I'm actually in agreement with that a hundred percent. I totally get that. You know, I feel like, um, I feel like if you go out of your way, because you know what it says, guys, and this is true, and I don't want to, what time are we here? All right, we're, we're, we're okay. Um, I don't want to, uh, yeah, you know what I do want to say? I, I do want to say, I'm not going to say that you're a nicer person or or, or people like us are, 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 are nicer people, but it it kind of sucks when you are a nice human being and when you are maybe extra nice. Okay, I'll go as far as to say that. Maybe the personality, look, there's some people with shitty personalities and some people with like I know for a fact if I'm being real, I have a nice personality and my personality is probably nicer than most people that I come across. Um and the people I surround myself with are the same way. So my circle, since it's a closed circle, um I would think that or that everybody that I'm really close with um has a really nice easy way about them and a nice personality. And that's who I associate myself with. And what happens is people like us put that out there. And then we do kind of, in a weird way, it does kind of hurt. Everything is based on that. Like you kind of get your feelings hurt when you put on that smile, say, hey, how you doing? Or you try to make somebody feel good. And their shittiness and their shitty world and their shitty vibe is just like, eh, I'm not into what you're doing right now. It makes us upset, but really they're the ones losing. So you do have to look at it that way. Um, But I totally understand that because um, I started doing something, guys, and I really really mean this. This is something I wanted to talk about on the show because I don't know if I've ever talked about this before. Um, Maybe like with situations in relationships and, and girls or whatever I talked about. I remember talking about it one time where like, it's weird how 
you know when you're in high school or you're in college or you're younger and they say like when you're trying to get somebody's attention, don't give them attention. And they'll be like, well, why is this person not? Because at the end of the day, when it's all said and done, we are all insecure beings that want to be loved. As crazy and corny as that fucking sounds, that is really what the truth is. We all want to be loved, and we want to be loved by the people that we love the most, right? The people that we love, the people that we respect, the people that we admire, we want it back. And when that person does not give it to you, you either act out or you try to get that person to do it by acting out or you act a certain way. You've seen it a million times. Now, I'm doing this thing where um, I've, I've luckily, knock on wood, I've gotten to a point in my career where, um, you know, I know that I'm funny. I know that I have a lot of work to do, but I know that I'm a good comic. I believe that I'm working towards, you know, um, always getting better and always improving. And I'm fortunate enough that my peers and comedy clubs and, you know, um, people in the business all over know me and respect me. And I'm very thankful and humbled for that because it took many years for me grinding it out and getting on planes and doing that for people to like me. However, along that ride, there were people that I wanted to like me. There were people that I wanted to respect me because I respected them. And if they were doing good and they liked me, that would have been a good sign for me. And I've totally gone the other way because what I realized is that person is, is, is more insecure than me uh, or, or as insecure and, and wants the same thing. And I was being too forthcoming and nice to these people. And now I got to a point where it's like, I'm not going to go up to you. Like, I, I don't want, I'm not going to use names, but there's a couple of comedians that think they're the shit. Oh boy. Oh boy. No, there's a couple of comedians that think they're the shit. You know, I mean, a lot of comedians do, but there's a couple that it just comes off of them. It oozes off of them. They think they're these stars and shit. And quite frankly, now I've gotten to the point where, like, I just know I can fuck with them on any on any and every level. I know that I can. All right? I'm not being arrogant, guys. I'm just being honest and truthful. That's what I do on my show. So if you're going to take it as that, you can take it as that. I really don't give a fuck. I'm being honest. These are people that walk in like they're some fucking star and I know I could fuck with them on any level. And deep down inside, they know I could fuck with them. But when I was younger and I saw that, I'd be nice. Hey, yeah, nice. I'm, hey, what's going on? And I realized something. I'm not going to be nice, overly nice to people or go to people and try to make them feel good when um, when it's just it's it's not something that I feel like it's in me to do and and just to do it for some sort of approval. So now I'm doing this thing where it's like I love... Like, I don't need to fucking try to be cool with you. You know, you're either going to be cool with me because you're naturally fucking cool and you're a nice person and we could shoot the shit and get along and talk comedy and have a mutual respect for each other or we're not. But I'm not going out of my way. And the funny thing is when you do that, they come to you. You want to know why? Because everybody's just a little fucking insecure girl that wants to fucking respect and wants the acceptance of their peers and the people around them. That's what it comes down to. All right, it is exactly what it comes down to, and I did that, and I and it feels good. It's like you know, it's the same shit, you know. 
You stop fucking... Let me tell you something right now. Anybody listening to this, I've talked about this before. I'm serious. If you're in college or you're... Whatever. Actually, I don't even care where you are. If you're in college or whatever, if, you, if you're interested in a woman and she's kind of like, yeah, I'm kind of interested, but not, just fucking tell her to fuck off. But you don't verbally tell her to fuck off. You just fucking ignore her. Don't text her anymore. Don't call her anymore. Don't ask her to go on any dates. You want to know why? Because it's her loss or his fucking loss. Same thing goes for women. Don't You don't reach out. They know what you're about. Once somebody knows what you're about and somebody knows the person you are, that's it. It's their fucking loss. Let them go chasing some fucking dope, you know, who, who who's not you. I'll be honest with you. That's what happened with my wife. I was trying to date my wife for like five months because we knew each other forever. We knew each other from like, well, we heard about each other from high school, but we went to rival high schools and I dated her friend. And then she kept popping up in my life when I was a busboy at a restaurant. She was friends with the manager there. And then I was, you know, and, and long story short, I ended up going to, um, I ended up living in Queens. She ended up living in Long Island City. And we would go out. And she didn't really want anything other than friendship. But we'd go out and drink, you know. I'd hit on her, try to kiss her. But, and then it just was like she was not, she was not in, in the market for a relationship and I was, I remember talking to my brother and I'm like, you know, I'm done with this shit. You know, if this girl wants to hang, she can hang. If not, whatever. And right, <laughs> right as I stopped giving a fuck, she uh, hit me up and like she, she, she sensed it and she knew. And uh, by the way, I did tell my wife that I was going to marry her four years before I did. No, no, no. Four years before I started dating her, I told her I was going to marry her. Four years before I ever started dating my wife when we were both in other relationships, I said, I'm going to marry you someday. And I remember we were in a bar. I remember where we were at, too. Um, and I did. That's just because I'm a fucking champion and I win. But, uh, no, but seriously. So, it's the same thing. Like, when I go into places now and any comedians listening to this, listen to me. Whether you're a comedian in Cincinnati or, or, or Georgia or Florida or wherever you are, all right, and and you go to the club and you see a comedian that might be doing a little better than you and that comedian's got heat in the town and people are talking about him and, and you want them to acknowledge you and like you, understand something. You keep your head down and you keep working. You're going to pass that motherfucker. And then they're going to want acceptance from you and to talk to you. Don't forget that. Okay, the tables will be turned. It all matters how hard you work and what you want. I'm tired of going. I go in, I keep my fucking mouth shut. I don't need to talk to you. You know, if you were a dick to me or you just came in with your head up wanting everybody to kiss your ass and suck your dick, that's not gonna, that's, that. I'm not doing that shit. You know, I got to a certain point where I'm like, I've realized, I'm like, you know something, man? And fuck the people that made you feel like you had to do that too. I'm serious. I told two young comedians this, and I normally wouldn't talk about this on the show, but I'm, I'm, I'm in a mood right now, so I'll talk about this, all right? This goes for anybody, anybody, but comedians especially because I know the insecurity, I know the fear, I know the goals, I know what you want, and I'll tell you this, everything that you want. This goes for anybody. I'm not even joking around. And I'm not trying to be some motivational speaker like fucking Gary V, even though that guy is amazing and that guy nails it. Everything that you want, okay, in your business, in your line of work or in your life, 
can be achieved if you put your head down and you do the fucking work and you don't make excuses because you're going to have the excuse people and then you're going to have the do people, okay? I wanted to be in every club in New York City and I never thought that that would happen. I thought that there'd be a couple and I'm in every club but one and the one I'm not in is by choice and that's a whole other story and I'm not even going to get into that now because I don't want to get into trouble or say anything but I'm in I'm in every every club I'm not in is because I haven't worked to get into okay I'm in basically every single club in New York City that I want to be in with the exception of one and there's a reason for that one that I'm not in um you know but I wanted to get on TV I wanted to do an album. I wanted to shoot a special. And what I did is you make those short-term and long-term goals and you fucking do everything you can to do it. And if your timeline is in that year, you make sure that shit gets done in a year. You have to do that. And in any line of work that you're in, all right? And anybody who is like, yeah, well, this and that, just fucking cut them out of your life. Get them out of your life because they can't, you know. Because they, they, you know, it's just an excuse. But I told these young comics, I go, anything that you want, any you, you're going to do anything that you envision that you want to have happen in the business, you're going to have happen. It's going to take a long time. It's going to take years. I mean, a lot of those things that I mentioned, the goals that I achieved, and I have a lot of work to do. I'm not even close to done. But everything that I've achieved up to this point, you know, it's definitely taken me probably three or four years longer than I, I wanted it to. But I never get, it, you just have to keep going. You just have to keep going. And you can't listen to shit. And, um, you know, on the way up, you think if it can't, so maybe you'll give some people more respect than they deserve. Maybe you'll you'll try to get acceptance in a place that, you know, this person doesn't deserve me being, this person doesn't deserve my niceness the way I'm giving it to them. But I'm insecure right now and I want something from them which is kind of acceptance to me. That's really if you're looking in the mirror and really being honest and real. Uh, this shit just turned real, huh? This shit just turned, no, but seriously, like, that's how I look at it. I, 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 you know, I remember this one comedian came in the club the other night and I could just tell their demeanor was they wanted people to run to them. Oh my God, you're here. Hi. And I fucking didn't even acknowledge him. And I didn't want to, I didn't need to. And it felt fucking good. It's like, you want to talk to me, you talk to me. And I'm not saying that in a bad, mean way, like fuck it, just in a way that um, I knew what they were about and what they were doing and I wasn't about to do that because I just know where I'm at and it feels good to get there. So let that be a lesson to you people that aren't where you want to be yet. Understand you still need to be treated a certain way and you're not less because that person is a certain way so you don't have to give more of you if that makes any kind of sense. I hope that that does make sense and I'm helping you in a way because um, I went through that shit. You know, I went through that. This, you know, comedy, you guys look at comedy, you guys think it's going on stage. The easiest part of what we do is going on stage because it's what we do. It's what we can do. Okay, I can walk into a room of hundreds of thousands of people, grab a microphone and make them laugh. It's what the fuck I do. Okay, but what's hard is when business people are fucking with you, when show ideas get stolen, when you fucking get backstabbed, when you don't trust people, when people are supposed to be working for you that say they're working for you and they're not, you know, when contracts get fucked up or when contracts you're lied to about, that's all the shit. The traveling, the getting on the plane, the doing this, the accommodations, being away from your family, that's all the shit. The shit you do is is the easy part, you know. Um, John Panette, rest his soul, said we get paid for traveling because that's really what it, it's it's that's really kind of what it feels like when you do stand up. 
but um, don't give your don't give the goodness of yourself. Don't give the kind good spirit of yourself too much to somebody that's undeserving because you don't feel worthy enough or up to their level. That's what I was trying to say. Man, that's deep. No, but it's honest and it's true. You know, um, you get you. There's there's a lot more of good people out there that you could give it to that'll appreciate it. You know, I'm in a defiant state. I'm in, a, and and I always love. I don't know why I love that so much. I'll tell you a story about my wife. My wife worked at a company, and my wife is um, just the strongest, best ever, you know, um, in all seriousness. My wife is amazing. She, uh, you know, she's just such a strong glue of this family, and she's, um, you know, been so supportive of me, you know, uh, and I think that my strong personality and her strong personality in some ways, even though we're very different, it attracted each other because we're both very much um, have a, a just have a non-lose, you know, mentality sometimes or, or a go-get-em type of mentality too. And, you know, my wife was, um, she was at this job and she crushed it. And she crushed it. And she got a promotion after like six months. And then six months later, she got another promotion. I mean, and she worked her way up from like an administrator to vice president, making insane money, running a department, and they took advantage of her. They didn't appreciate her. They would talk down to her in a way, but in a passive-aggressive way where they acted like they appreciated her, but they didn't. They didn't pay her properly. She was overworked. Even though she was making good money, she was overworked and underpaid for what she did. Um... She was looked down at because she was a woman at that company. I believe that. I mean, there's no proof of that. But we, we knowing the things and knowing what happened, that's definitely what happened. All right. And she went to a job interview and she met these great people. And now granted, she was at this job for 11 years. And I don't give a fuck if anybody from the job is listening. I hope those motherfuckers are listening because they know they fucked up and they did the wrong thing. They know they fucked up. All right. And I like that. It makes me feel good. It actually makes my soul feel good that people that don't do the right thing get fucked. I love it because it's justice in the world. All right. So she goes to this interview and she loves the people and she loves the company, but it's just not enough money. And she has to go back to the job that she hates and doesn't like doing. And which she worked so hard and she came home late and everything. And I would see her breaking her back and then I'd come home and I was with the kids and we made it work. But then I'd go to the city to get on stage and it was just a tough thing. And I said, don't be surprised if that other company comes back to you because that's how good you are. And uh, sure enough, three months later, the job came back to her. And they were able to offer her a little more money and they were able to, to say things to her enough to where she goes, I think I'm going to leave. And long story short, my wife leaves the job after 11 years. Nobody thought she would. They thought she was bluffing. They were like, there's no way she's going to leave. She's got all this responsibility. But she was overworked, underpaid, and underappreciated. And she leaves. 
And she goes to this job and fast forward, she's been at this job for a few years. She's amazing at what she does. She's appreciated. She's making like three times more money or whatever it is like from, I mean, she's making like so much more money. They love her. They respect her. They treat her the way she needs to be treated, you know, not as a man or a woman, but as a fucking employee that, that, that is appreciated for what they do. She's crushing it. And, uh, the other job heard about it and they know they made a mistake. And I got to tell you, I live for that. I fucking live for if you do, I mean, and and again, I've always said it's part of my problem. Um, I always used to joke on stage and say, if you hurt me on a scale of one to 10, if you hurt me at like a five or a six, I want to hurt you and your family back at a 27 or a 28. That's just how I am. And it's, I, I, I try to actually, uh, the older I'm getting the way I, I could actually try to calm it down, but, and it's just makes me feel so good. And, and my wife is, you know, that, that did that, but, um, nothing is better than that. And the, it's funny, the world and the universe have a way of really balancing that out. You know, um, when I was a young, dumb punk is something I'm really not proud of, but me and my friends, I don't know, we saw something in a car and we thought we were cool and we took it out of a car, broke into a car and took something out of a car. And it's terrible. And I, I think about that and I think of if my kids ever did that. And then I walked out of my place in Queens years later when I was doing sales in New York City and my car had a broken window and they took something out of my car. And I smiled and I said, there it is. There's the universe saying it's coming back. Everything you do is coming back. All that shit you think you're getting away with, it's coming back. You talk disrespectful to somebody and you think, oh, wow, I can't believe I talked to that person like that. One day you're going to be sitting there, you're going to get blindsided because somebody's going to tell you to go fuck yourself and it's going to hit you back. Watch what you say, watch what you do, and most importantly, watch how you treat people because you will get treated the way you treat people. may not happen now, may not happen, you know, um, right away, but it's going to happen. So, um Going back to the comedy thing, there were some shitty comedians, shitty assholes who, who, who treat you a certain way, make you feel a certain way, put themselves on a pedestal, even though they don't feel good, really, just to put you the fuck down. And now I'm seeing that. And now I'm at a point where it's like, no, fuck you. Okay. Cause I'm coming and I'm going to run past you. You want to know why? Cause I work harder than you. I'm funnier than you. I write more than you. I get up as much or if not more than you. That's what I'm trying to do. And you treated me like a fucking, you treated me like, like you were better than me. So yeah, I do have a little defiance, you know, and I'm not saying that I'm the shit and that I'm, I, mean, I have a lot of work to do. You know, there's a lot of comedians out there that are better than me, you know, but there's a lot of comedians that aren't. And, uh, you know, I just work to be the best that I could be, but I, I'm, I'm at a point now where it's like, I have a freedom of not giving a shit, you know, I don't give a shit what my family thinks. I love them. I don't give a fuck what they think. You know, I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks. The day you stop giving a fuck about what other people think is the day you move forward for you. You know, this guy, uh, what did this guy Gary V say? He was talking about how I don't give a fuck if your father was an alcoholic. I don't care if you needed this, if you needed that. That shit is done and it's an excuse. Go get it because 99% of the people aren't going to go get it. And it's it's just, it's, it's uh, it sounds true. I would love to put some comedians on blast and call them out, but I'm just not going to do that. But nothing bothers me more 
than when somebody's insecure, like when they're insecure and they walk in and they act like they're a star. And, you know, I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest. I've been treated differently since I shot a special from comedians that thought that they were the shit, you know? Treated me differently. Like, you know, when I first came in, they would treat me a certain way or say something, not in a bad way, but in a way of disrespect. In a way of disrespect. And then their nonchalant apologies. There's one comedian that said something to me and was rude and realized it. And then when my special was coming out, they sent me a message. Oh man, you know, you deserve this, this and that. It's like, you know what you did, motherfucker. You know what you did. (laughs) We both know what you did and we know what you're doing now, trying to make amends for it. But uh, yeah, so that's where I'm at. And I, I wanted to talk about that. So... Look, the podcast started out angry and then it turned into a into a thing, you know. But I the, the one thing take take this from episode 340. If you're honest with yourself and you look yourself in the mirror, it's because you 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 have to admit that you have a little insecurity and you just want to be accepted and loved somewhere down the line. Anybody. Anybody. Serial killers, if you go further back. You know, it, it, somewhere down the line. And just know that and try to understand why you need that and that you don't need it anymore. Like that, I guess that's the, it, you know, and it's all like I said on stage the other night too. I was like, um, all you people, I actually said it and, and I wanted to see how they would react. And as you guys know, New York is very liberal. Okay. So anything political, you know, that's why I almost never really like to, like I'll joke, I have a joke about Trump, but I almost don't like to. Like, my joke about Trump is very kind of centrist and very just kind of a a funny, silly, over-the-top, you know, thing. But I never want to go, like, like, I heard one comedian going, like, you know, the immigrants, like, why can't they stay? And they're getting all deep, and the crowd's not even laughing, they're just looking. It was almost like a lecture, and I get somebody's trying to make a point, but I never want to, especially, like, it's easy. You know, that's like pandering and just throwing lobs, you know, throwing softballs when you're just shitting on Trump in liberal New York. It really is. It's like, you know, but make somebody think. So I did the thing about fear. And I said, all you guys that are really upset, I said, anger cannot come without fear. It's a fact. Almost every emotion that you have comes from fear. You know, if if, if, if you find out somebody you love is dying, you start crying. But the reason you start crying is because you're afraid they're going to die, right? If you get angry, somebody cuts you off in the road, right? And you go, what the fuck? You, you have fear that that could have that taken you away from your life. That could have taken your life away. So you're, you're screaming at the person, but you're really just, at, you're, 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 your fear made you angry. And it's the same thing with Trump. The reason why people, I mean, listen, the guy definitely you know, is saying things to make a lot of people upset. And I get that and the nuclear weapon stuff, but ultimately it's fear. And I was talking about it on stage and I could tell there was a very liberal woman in the crowd. She just had fucking lib face. You know, when you just see a far left, like it was just, it, you could tell that this chick was like NYU fucking, you know, probably had like every protest schedule in her fucking, you know, in her laptop. Like this chick just looked like, you know, Bernie Sanders' niece. And, um, she, she tilted her head. She was trying to, I could tell she was trying to find something wrong with what I was saying. And then she tilted her head and she kind of, I saw that she accepted it as to be true. And I stopped the show and I said, I saw what you just did. 
tilting your head like, is he saying something? And, and, and she nodded and she goes, you know, you're right. So just think of it like that. Everything that you get upset about really comes down to what, what are you ultimately afraid of? So if you're ultimately afraid of a president that's, that's talking about nuclear you know, weapons, you're just like, oh, fuck, we're going to get annihilated. You're, you're, you're really afraid, but instead you're not showing it as fear. You're going, this is ridiculous. He's mentally unstable, and you're projecting at all these other things, but it's really like, oh, fuck, I don't want to die. Um, but don't do that in, in life or, or recognize that in life. Okay, so there you go. So I'm done. I'm off my fucking thing. I just wanted to... Oh my God, an hour and seven minutes. Well, I hope, listen, if one of you fucking assholes listening to this got something from that, you know, because I wish a comedian would have told me that because I know what it's like to be a four or five year comedian and walk into a club and see people that walk around like they're the shit and better than you. So that's what I I really wanted to do. But I guess I associate it with life too because I don't want everybody to think I'm just talking about comedy. So there you have it. Um... Sports. The Jacksonville Jaguars are going in to play the Patriots. Let's do the picks. The end of that Vikings game was unbelievable. Like I said on my Patreon, listen to Bill Burr's podcast from minute 54 to 105, and it is priceless, and there's a picture out there. You're going to get another Patreon, too, an interview uh, this week. Uh, There's already something on there and a picture, but you're going to get another one. Um... The Vikings ending was amazing. That was a game that I really didn't know. Drew Brees is a stone-cold killer. That 4th and 10 play he completed, I don't care that they lost the game. That dude is ice-cold amazing. Uh, I think the Eagles are going to win. I don't think the Vikings are going to pull it off. I think the Eagles are going to win the game. I don't think Minnesota is going to play the Super Bowl in Minnesota. I could be wrong. Um... I guess what I'll do is I would say my bet would be a tease with the Eagles and I guess you could say you I, I would tease Jacksonville or Patriots either way with the six points. So for you people that don't know what that means, I guess the Jacksonville line, I'll ask Siri what the line is. Hey Siri, what's the um, point spread for the Patriots and the Jacksonville Jaguars this Sunday? Take your time, too. What's the line for the Patriots games this week? The odds favor the Patriots over the Jaguars by seven and a half points. Okay, so seven and a half points. So what I would do is I would tease that down to one and a half and take, I would tease that down to one and a half and um, and take the Patriots having to win by two. Or I would tease that up to 13 and a half and just say the Jags can't lose by 13 and a half. So I'd go either tease for the Patriots and Jaguars. Okay, you understand? When you do tease, you got to do two teams, but you, you get six points each way. So I'll do that. And then I would say I would take the, um, I'll take the Eagles. So let's see. What's the Eagles line this Sunday? According to my sources, the odds favor the Vikings over the Eagles by three points. Right, so then now I would be able to reverse that and say, uh, oh no, the, the, the Vikings are favored by three. I would make that nine, and as long as the Eagles don't lose by, by nine, I win. So I would take the Eagles getting nine 
and the Patriots either minus one and a half or the Jacksonville Jaguars plus 13 and a half. Those are my picks for the week. Um, so there you have it. No movies. And uh, as far as plugs, guys, I will be, uh, I'll be at the stand Friday night, this Friday, today, technically today, um, 8, uh, 845 spot, 1045 spot in the midnight show. So come to either the 8, the 10, the midnight show at the stand tonight. I got a ton of dates coming up in New York City. Uh, I'm going to be in California. I'm going to be in Santa Barbara with Bill Burr February 15th. Um, and I have uh, maybe an announcement on a Sarat- big Saratoga thing coming up. Uh, not coming up, but uh, I'll explain. So anyway, uh, there you have it. Check out Chassis, Chassis for Men. Go to ChassisForMen.com and Amazon and get their amazing um, powder for your undercarriage, your man care for down there. Check them out. Also, all things comedy, guys, and City Living Dog. Thank you guys so much. This has been episode 340. I will talk to you soon, and uh, you will be getting another Patreon interview. Take care.